It was the same email as last time. It was Stack Marketer. And they were talking about inflation and how it's impacting different industries. And toys have gone down. And I just thought that was such a happy thing. It was just, a, it was just so was wholesome. Today's. You said yeah. employees have gone down? Toys. Oh, toys. Like kids' toys? Like, that's just so nice. I just like knowing that. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. Not, but here's the groceries thing. Groceries are up 10%. No, but, you know, 12%. And toys are down 6%. So it's kind of like you can still buy toys at the cost of starving. <laughs> what is it? If you regularly buy groceries with your toys, then everything's fine. I mean, it's still up a little bit, Maybe but, you, you know, it's kind of a wash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Well, the actual article that I had was how it was saying that you could receive more engagement if the social proof that you post as ads or on your social channels was in dark mode because 82% of people mm. use dark mode on Twitter and Facebook. I don't believe that. I think that's bullcrap because I... Does it reference the study? Yeah. Like, is this like a cosmopolitan one where they're like, we interviewed 20 preteen girls and, you know, 19 of them use dark mode. Like, okay, cool. Sample size, I guess. Um, not really representative, but okay. Actually, do, you, do you use dark mode though? It doesn't look like a. Yeah, I use dark mode for everything. Okay, I do too. It I think actually use yeah. a study. It's more of like a subjective study because it's like it's saying most people use dark mode. So when you post screenshots of like reviews and social proof or whatever, mm-hmm. like do it in dark mode because then it seems more organic or more familiar. And like I use dark mode and I think screenshots of dark mode looks weird on <laughs> my feed. But- This is like Inception. Like there's a two layers that need to happen. It's one is, hey, here's this study just so you know. And and the second layer is, okay, well, somebody test it and see if the campaigns actually perform better having used dark mode screenshots. Yeah, I would believe that different creative will have different results on light versus dark mode. Do you set separate dark modes based on the application or do you just use the system default? Because like for me, it's just system default for everything unless something gets weird. Like unless something clearly looks bad, then I'll go, okay, I'm going to look into the settings here. But I just bank on every app to use the system default, which is set system default to dark mode. Oh, so you've just been doing it every individual one? I guess. I mean, my browser is in dark mode. That might be the one that I don't feel. Because I guess the difference here is the operating system. Because for Android, Android, it's just the system default and then all everything else pulls from that. yeah, I mean, I think I have that. I just didn't know like it affected social media apps because I feel like I still had to go into Twitter and I still had to go into Facebook and change those to dark mode. I guess I'm a bad example for social because every, the only things I really check anymore are going to be like Facebook occasionally, LinkedIn occasionally, Reddit. That's it. Yeah, I don't even know where my settings are for dark mode on Twitter. It's, it's light mode right now, and I, I know my browser is in dark mode, though. Anyways. Anyway. Yeah, episode nine. Welcome, everybody. You already know which Hello. podcast you're listening to. Yep. And I'm uh, still in Canada. Yeah. Well, like last episode, Cody was in, um, he's actually in a cabin in Minnesota. We didn't establish that. Mm-hmm. You were in Minnesota, but not in a cabin. Well, I said I said two-thirds of the way to Canada. That doesn't mean cabin. Mm, you're right. I didn't say cabin. You know the cool thing up here? I think the coolest thing is that it stays light right now until like 10 o'clock. Well, so, I think it's a little bit earlier than that. What is cool, though, is the sun comes up at 5 a.m. I do not wake up then, so I don't know that. I don't but I know... I get scared whenever I get woken up at the sunlight, like this morning. I had a haircut at 7.30, but I, I woke up with a light shining on my face. And I was like, oh, crap. 
I overslept. I'm gonna look terrible. And uh, <laughs> I looked at my clock, and it was five thirty. I was like, it's five thirty. It's this bright. Holy crap! Is it hot where you are right now? Mm, no, it's like seven three. Okay. Because apparently, when we get back, it's supposed to be a hundred and two or something. Oh well, you're going back to Iowa, and it's Iowa's hell in general. Yeah, it'll be a good time. No, it's not that bad. Episode nine. Uh, episode nine. Yeah, did I say eight? Nine. Episode nine. nine. You we're, said nine. We're rolling right into the next topic, which is super related to the last one. This one is uh, to let client criticism make you better. And I just noticed when I read these episode titles they're going to be different than what they're actually going to be posted as these are just my notes but the one i post oh. i optimize them for for seo oh like to rank so this yeah. could be something like how to improve client relations or, or something what to do about client criticism what do you do what do you do when your client's mad at you Ooh, that's good that's good yeah, okay uh, we'll see i don't know i might not even do anything i wanted to talk about this one because we received a lot of this uh in our early days and you know up because we were dumb yeah. Well, up until like la- late last year, we haven't really received that much this year. If anything, it's been more of they don't know what they want and they're not very clear with what their target cost per acquisition is. And I can't re- I can't even tell you how many emails that I've sent explaining what co- target cost per acquisition is and how we need to know that information in order for them to assess our value. And it almost seems like the opposite of last episode where I was like, no, 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 it's our fault for not explaining it. And I'm like, it's your fault for being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Balance is good. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, but for real, there is a certain level where the client has to understand what they want. And if they don't know what they want, then maybe they're not a good fit for you. Uh, if you've tried to explain your value and they, you know, they're just not getting it, you know, either you're not doing it good enough or at a certain point, they're just they're not going to understand it. I was, there was someone who who told me back when I was like 19, that 20% of people will never buy anything. Like you could give them, you could, you could sell them gold for 10 bucks and they wouldn't buy it. Uh, 10% of people will buy everything. You could sell them poop for a thousand bucks an ounce and then buy it. And then the 70% of people you will have to convince to, they're, they're, you're basically on the fence. I'm going to assume these percentages are made up, but yeah, like the sentiment. Yeah, 100%. They're, they're definitely made up. But the clients who just don't understand the value at all, those are the 20 percenters. Like, it doesn't matter how many, how much you try to convince them if they're just not going to understand it. And you have to walk the line of being like, should I put more effort into this person or should I just not, just, should I just move on. But I always put effort into everybody to try to help them understand. But that's nice. I know. Well, you know what I do. You know, that's you, like the toy thing. Like well, just, man, just wholesome today. We got cheap toys, Jake putting effort into everybody. Well, yeah. It's but, just nice. But there's always a bit, you know, there's always a downside. Like I'm nice. You're a dick. Uh, <laughs> toys are 6% down, food 12% up. Mm, yeah, you're right. So we're still up. <laughs> Yep, yep. Uh, no, I, I did want to talk about client criticism again. So like we used to just get dumped on by a client like in droves almost. It almost felt like three clients at a time would be upset for different mm-hmm. reasons. I mean, again, this goes back to like February and March of 2021 when we were so busy. We were We were basically only doing work, getting our new clients set up. And really not paying attention to our established clients and moving the classic newbie mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why we ended up hiring because we didn't hire because we needed someone to take on the work for or take on work for us to do other things. We needed somebody to do the work we weren't doing just in general. (laughs) It goes back to what, like episode four or something like that or three of like structuring your services like SEO you can get away with for a while. And, you know, lead clients around or, or at least 
establish the value of our higher performing services, which is ads, which we did maintain very well. But then, uh, you know, there does come to a point where, okay, we do need to address SEO throughout this year. And that's when we hired our old employee. And then things got a lot better, but we still had some criticisms. And we rarely just went back to the client and said, no, you're wrong. Like, this is this is the way it is. This is actually good. We always said, yeah, we're addressing this. Thanks for bringing it up. Like, we had our Texas client who uh, even told us, he goes, I get it, guys. You're growing. You're focused. That was awesome. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, he, he, he was, you're growing. <laughs> you're, focus, you're, you're getting a lot of new clients. But I just feel like you're not focusing on your old clients who need month-to-month support and actual action moving forward and we were just honest we're like yeah yeah that's uh sounds about right yeah i was gonna say i wrote down two things i think one in business we are not anymore we were especially especially young and new i'll say this is our first real business (laughs) um in that it's working it's going well we're growing we're doing things that businesses that become well-established businesses do um i know that's all relative and subjective to say those things but when i think of successful established businesses i think of um doing a lot of money when i say a lot of money i mean probably at least a million a year um have employees that are well compensated with the benefits that sort of thing we're moving further and further um towards doing all those sorts of things so um when it was just it's just a crash and burn from the start right like you you mess up dust yourself off you figure it out you straighten up you do better um and the only thing worse than doing that is doing nothing so suck it up don't be one of those really smart people who does nothing that's dumb just be risky take risks but there's also some bad screening too probably at the time um where we said yes maybe a little bit more often than we needed to but i can't even say that it was bad <laughs> Um, I mean, we made mistakes, yes, but um, it also got the business to where it is now. So, um, yeah. Well, one of the big mistakes that we made too is when when we first got together, we fleshed out some different packages that we would have. Well, we fleshed out the first two, but we didn't quite get the third one down. And we're like, that's okay. Very few people are going to get the second package, anyways. I doubt anybody's going to upgrade to whatever the third package is going to be. Which is kind of funny if you think about it. We had a third package on the site, but we didn't even know what it was. really and well i think a lot a lot of people do that where they're like you give us enough money we'll figure it out <laughs> like just you know yeah we, just, it was the, we'll do anything if you pay us enough that's yeah. basically what a lot of companies they call it enterprise they're like enterprise talk oh, to yeah, us talk to a sales rep yeah that's a good point yeah. i never thought of it that way but i guess it is that way uh our our original packages were called the green startup the rainmaker and was it was a domination market domination there's a, there's a yep. point where we called it like monopoly or something like that yeah but uh i can't tell you it was in um i'm gonna call monopoly or market domination rainmaker plus because it was rain everything in rainmaker plus more but it's green startup was is was our foundation package that's what that's that's what we have now then we created the rainmaker which was the which was a green startup or the foundation plus blogging and additional ad spend and that was the only difference. And, and the difference back then was a $600 difference versus a $1,500 difference. And we wanted people on the Rainmaker because it was a bigger, I mean, it was double the profit. And the 
profit increase was, yeah, it was just literally double because there was an added SEO value component to it. Uh, but we also increased ad spend because we're like, well, if we're going to spend more time doing SEO and they're going to be paying more, we should also have a higher ad budget to uh, yep. drive more immediate results. But what we what we found out were two things that were kind of wrong. One, we felt like the Rainmaker deserved a higher onboarding cost. So we gave people like an additional four website pages, which eventually added change to like six which was like a, an addition of a gallery and an FAQ page. And then mm -hmm. the other pages were like additional subservice pages. So we're like, well, this is going to be more applicable to people who offer more services. Little did we know that the clients who actually offer more services tend to not do as good as the clients who offer a, le a lesser amount of services, which is really weird for those clients who could afford the Rainmaker onboarding, but our value didn't make sense. And then the green startup was half the cost for the onboarding and included a website, a basic website build that was like 11 pages. It's your home, services, service areas, about us, contact us, plus four subservice pages. That's nine. And then a thank you page for the tracking conversions and a privacy policy. And uh, that was only $2,000. Well, it was actually $1,000 when we first started, when we were underselling ourselves. And, yep. and then we moved it to 2000 um, and then the Rainmaker was double that for six extra pages, four of them, which can just be duplicated from the other four with, cha with changed out content. And then uh, the actual, we had like, I remember when we we, didn't, we actually went to market with like the new website, we had signed on like four people onto the Rainmaker and it was usually a discounted onboarding cost because we just, I just couldn't justify four grand because some of them called me out for it. Some of them were like, wait, so I pay this much more, just get more of these pages. So they, they were usually discounted and sometimes we just took over a website, which at that point I, I couldn't justify doing $2,000 for an onboarding cost just to take over a website without a website build because it didn't make any sense uh, when you actually looked at it. So I would do like a $1,000 onboarding cost or $500 onboarding cost for website takeovers. And then Cody would build out the ad campaigns and the tracking and then we'd, we'd go to work. But that was just one of the criticisms was the onboarding costs for some of these different packages the second one was the actual services themselves for the rainmaker like they just didn't perform as quickly as what you would expect given what you were paying versus what you would expect given what you were paying with the green startup our clients in the green startup they're paying 600 bucks a month and they were just crushing it and and as cody you say that package sold like freaking hotcakes hotcakes yeah just have waffles for breakfast. <laughs> but they had like, for every four green clients we sold, we sold like, I think maybe like one Rainmaker. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the year, all four of those green startup clients were still with us. And none of those Rainmaker clients were still with us. I even yep. did like a lifetime value assessment to see how much our uh, lifetime value was for a Rainmaker client versus a green startup client. And, and it actually turned out that we'd be willing to pay more for a lead for a green startup client than a maker client yeah i mean the the green startup was and understandably i mean i think anybody who's been doing this for at least a little while will recognize the difference um once you pass the 1k threshold a month um people start getting a lot more serious with their money and understandably so um so because we've talked about before like the administrative element all things considered like the base tier package was a a great value buy there's a lot of really good stuff in there that makes it very cost effective and the performance is very high impact, so it delivers a good ROI. But how we had it designed, once people started spending more money, I think, Jake, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the biggest issue was we had a heavy SEO element that was clean, 
And because of that, had a longer rollout time. So we had clients get frustrated saying, I'm paying this much, but it's taking too long. And we're like, mm, yeah, <laughs> that's that's a legitimate uh, complaint. Yeah. But so we had to kind of come up with a solution. It was your brainchild. And I think your first your first solution. So again, just to recap the two issues that we faced or the two, the, the two biggest criticisms that we had was our onboarding didn't make any sense for the different types of clients that we were that we were meeting with. And the step up one was way too steep for a lot of our green startup clients to make the leap without them almost doubling in revenue overnight. And the clients who did start on the Rainmaker, we, we had this false conception that the higher price packages were going to produce uh, better clients who had more money to spend, which is not the case. They do have more money to spend, but they're more demanding in terms of results. And if a client has that much money to throw around, we figured like, oh yeah, it's 1500 bucks a month. That's nothing to them. Well, it is something to them. They, I yep. mean, Those clients are successful enough to know their numbers and they know what they're getting and what they're not getting. So if you are offering services from a course that you took online, that's $2,000 a month for social media, whatever that means, just be aware that you're Clients not stupid. It'll get you by for a couple months. But we addressed those complaints in two ways. So the first one was Cody said that we're going to do away with our standard onboarding pricing, and we're going to take everything based off of the site build and complexity, as well as setting up marketing campaigns. Basically, what we were saying was you're going to get a site build at this cost, and we're going to set up your marketing for free uh, for it if we roll into monthly marketing afterwards. I guess. Oh, hold on. Let me say real quick too. I just want to clarify to people because we we do something that a lot of agencies don't do, um, and that is we charge for a portion of our setup costs. And a lot of agencies don't do that, and would even be opposed to do that. And there's a lot of clients who say, "I've never heard of this. Why would I pay money for this?" About starting uh, charging for the setup of the marketing, mm-hmm. and it's because how we position it and explain to clients is. When we're done with the setup, it's not ours anymore. And you get to keep all the assets that we've created. So your like analytics account with proper conversion tracking setup, your tag manager, container, an account, search console, all of that is yours to keep. We're just setting it up for you. So you have um, a way to track and measure these things that are independent of us too. If you leave us, you get to keep these things. They're your assets that we're giving to you that we just created for you. And they work. <laughs> they work to do the important things that will work basically universally. Um, we're not holding those things hostage. So anyway, man, it's not even how I pitch it either. I mean, I say that, but I usually pitch it as to our clients is saying, Hey, don't, do you charge for consultations or are you aware that consultation charging exists in your industry? And if they're like, yeah, well, it's like, well, that's what this is, except you're actually walking away with something. Yep. And ours is, yeah, it's, I mean, we're, we're cleaning up everything. We're setting up your reports We're we're, yeah, we're establishing all of these. And then like, especially for building a website, yeah, we're cleaning it up. We're tracking everything. Most clients that we take on that build a website, they don't have any of this tracking in place. So we'll, we'll structure, we build out our pages or we have a core website build that costs X amount of dollars. And then we'll add every page that we add on as additional uh, fee. And then we'll, work the the marketing setup and build into that um essentially for free this is how i this is how i perceive it code you can yep. perceive it however you want oh you're saying it all right but then mm-hmm. we have a separate cause for clients who want to keep their existing website which we rarely do for a few reasons and i'll get into those in a second but if they if they do end up keeping their website then we just charge them a thousand dollar onboarding cost 
And we do split this up. We do half at the beginning and then half at when it's completed. And that $1,000 is really just, it's one SEO cleanup of their existing pages and the creation of any pages that we might need for the ad campaign. Then it's also setting up your marketing reports. If they don't have their Google tools connected, then we'll get them uh, set up and connected. And everybody seems fine with that. And the ones that aren't fine with that aren't clients. So that's... Yeah, because we're really, that's not asking for much money. Yeah. For for all for what it is um so if, if it's a penny pitching issue then it's like well you honestly you're just not prepared or positioned yet for this so you know there's other options until you get here or and i guess don't get to this hole anyway yep. yeah it's a non-refundable deposit man so uh yeah another other thing too is like you know we're month to month so we're not going to give you an onboarding cost and then contract you for 12 months and then say sorry it didn't work out it's like okay well we have this onboarding cost if it doesn't if you don't like it after month one you're free to leave and uh we haven't had anybody do that since we kind of changed our expectations and our models so now every onboarding is tailored i mean i usually quote about three thousand dollar site builds today i'm quoting a sixty five hundred dollar one and so it, it just it's just very you know a case by case the second thing we did was we changed our packages our actual marketing services so instead of having the rainmaker cody again your brainchild you're like hey we're gonna change the green startup to the foundation yep and because it's it's foundational you need it no matter who you are because what we found out was that it wasn't just our small clients taking on this foundation or this green startup package it was our big clients who have never done any digital marketing we were signing clients that were doing a million plus but had no digital presence whatsoever and we're like, well, we don't want to jump you on a Rainmaker one because the package sucks. And two, <laughs> uh, it's better to yeah. start you out small, spending less money, optimize that, and then bump you up once you start seeing results. And that is, that's our, our business advice, too, in our perspective of how we recommend doing marketing to people. And it has, it's only backfired a couple of times. And that's usually by people who are used to dropping tons of money and not really being super accountable to how it's spent other than just having a general gauge on what performance comes from it. And that's not our angle and not our approach. So the overwhelming majority of people like and prefer it this way, where we say, let's get a proof of concept. I mean, anybody who's done e-commerce knows how this works. When you find, or even paid affiliate campaigns, when you find what works, you get it where it's statistically significant and proven, and you flood it with money and you scale it as hard as you can. And so that's really similar to our angle now with we have a modular approach where we broke out the different kinds of services that we're now offering. And based on what's important to the client, I mean, we have we have a general um, like a default game plan that we recommend loosely how people should go about it unless they have something that's uh, especially important to them. But yeah, it's, it's a little bit it's a limited buffet style where we've we've determined the winners that we know work well in the majority of cases and then say tell us what's important to you and then you can pick and choose from these yeah yeah so like like i was saying we make people be on the foundation where you're not going you're not getting facebook yes. ads from us and then that's it like if you want facebook ads you have to be on the foundation that that is just the core and this really comes down to uh a previous episode we had about uh sticking to what you're good at because if you offer the gambit of services and then people start taking services that aren't very value driven or aren't very, they don't drive results immediately. So in our industry, that would be Facebook ads or it would be some other, uh, it'd be blogging, for instance, that doesn't drive results immediately. But search engine optimization and Google ads does. So if they want to focus on one of those secondary 
products, they can, but they have to be focused on a primary product because they're going to drop the product that isn't performing. And if they're only on Facebook or if they're only on an underperforming product, then they're going to drop the only product they have and not be a client from us anymore. Yeah. And that happens everywhere across the board. I mean, if you're if you're selling things that aren't directly attributable and easily proven to have a positive ROI, then you're going to always get pushback about upsells on it. And you know, it's okay. Really, it's just you set those expectations and be clear that, hey, what we're doing here is important and it works, but it's not working in the way that these other things work. So we need to agree on what good performance is and how we can measure it. Anyway, that's separate. Let's go. Let's keep back on it. <laughs> I was going to say, like, don't just, don't just listen, don't just listen to what we say. Like, you might find that our model sucks and that it, it, it doesn't work for you or your niche or industry or whatever. Or maybe you're not good at SEO or Google ads. Maybe, like, you're really good at Facebook and you can do Facebook better than we can. Great. Do that. Do whatever works best for you. And some people like, don't even they don't even do just SEO. They do just like Google business optimizations or mm. uh, link building, like, like Cody's famous line. Uh, that's a model. <laughs> that's a model. You can do that. <laughs> and I do I mean, I'd even recommend not doing it how we are or have. Uh, Cause when, when I see how most people do productized services, I am not impressed. And I, I question like one of our biggest things is mutual profitability. I question their ability to be mutually profitable with the way that they have designed their pricing and productized service. I think it's unlikely that both sides are winning the way that they have designed it. Because if we can't, if we're not confident that our clients are going to win and we're going to make a profit, we don't do it. It's not a module. We don't offer it. And we tell them, they're like, why don't you offer this? Because we can't both win, so we don't do it. Um, that for the longest time with the next door ads. Yeah. still kind of, I mean... We, we we had a breakthrough with Nextdoor, but we haven't explored it yet. But that was we got that question a lot. Was hey, you guys don't offer Nextdoor? I'm like, well, like yeah, because as far as we know, there isn't a way to make this profit. Well, I guess we did it the longest for Facebook. It was really Facebook that had that that issue. Was mm-hmm. we don't know how to make this profitable for you, and we do now. It's just that it would just requires so much budget because you just need it's a- just higher higher minimums ultimately. Like that's that's another thing that we explain to our clients too. Because so this was. A, some confusion that we got once we rolled out this new modular approach, um, which was an, an improvement based on the feedback and criticism that we got of the old one. But we we had to give a little bit more guidance because we'd say, we do a lot more now. Here's a lot more options because you guys were asking about all of these. So if you want to do them, you, you can pick multiple. And so they would have interest in more than one, but we'd have to go back and say, I want you to, to understand and see how the pricing model works because we bill a percentage of ad spend. Um, we charge an additional management fee based on ad spend after a minimum baseline to just do any sort of management on it. And what that means is when you add another module, there's also a base management fee, and that is more expensive. So if you can find one module and then the, the additional management fee is relatively low compared to adding something new. What that means is find one thing that crushes it and sink all of your money into it <laughs> because it's going to be cheaper and more cost effective than doing multiple things. And that's not what pe- most people think. What most people think is, oh, the more I do, the more I'll get. It's like, no, that's not the case. You can you can do more with one tactic and really crush it and dominate it first. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the way that we as marketers often see and think of it is just impression share, that sort of thing. Like, oh yeah, well, if you have low impression share, there's all this money to grow. But that's not how clients see it all the time. They'll just see, oh, I'm not even visible. 
on this other place. It's like, well, if you can't make money <laughs> on that place. Why are you even there? Why don't you just go to the place where you can make money and shove all the money that you can into that one first? Yeah. So we've had to be uh, consultative to explain that to them when giving feedback. So it's not, it's like a preventative criticism because we've had people say like, okay, well, I'm doing these, but I'm not seeing great results. And then we come back and say, yeah, if you drop this and took the money that you were spending on it and just focus on one, you'd be happier and you'd see better results. Um, so we try to be preventative now. It's worked in the sales pitch too, because I talk about the yeah. sales pitch and, and now people get it and they and they kind of back off the idea on social media. Because I'm like, hey, if, if we're not spending, you know, 3000 a month in your area on Google ads, then we shouldn't even be talking about social media yet. Mm-hmm. Also, I can't wait to hear the recording of this podcast because uh for the first half of your lecture i unplugged my mic on accident oh good so i couldn't hear anything but uh i will i will hear it <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, this yeah this sound well this will be weird because um i'm not home i'm i'm away so we're working with that sound but i did get a mic it's the same as jake's so soon relatively soon i should have better sound quality so people are going to be like what Cody's been a potato, he's been a trash can, and now all of a sudden he's just great, just sounds as good as Jake. But Well, you'll never sound as good as me. But Of course, not quite. I'm, I'm in 90%. <laughs> no, I, I, we should take a poll to see um, to see who sounds better. Mm-hmm. We'll do it later. We'll do it later, but um, my feeling... Well, not now, because I, I know I sound... <laughs> no, no, not now. My feelings might yeah. hurt. Like, I know I'm a potato. Like, yeah, but, you guys, both of your mics are good, but Jake has just a really nasally voice and I can't stand hearing mm, it. Mm. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought of that. Just the, it's not aesthetic. I don't know. Auto, uh, people, those people are audiophiles. I don't know how you describe it. Yeah. Well, that's all I have for this one. Basically, don't let client criticism tear you down or you know make you feel bad about yourself. I mean, I guess you're allowed to feel bad about yourself, but at least do something about it to make it better. Uh, they say the the customer is always right, and that's not always right. But I think for us, it is always right into the effect that we did something wrong. And whether that was pricing our services or building them out wrong or just not communicating the value or the expectations correctly, then that's totally on us. And between this episode and the last episode, we have made huge changes in explaining what what is uh, included as value, setting expectations of what we will and won't do, making sure that the onboarding prices fit each client respectively, and then actually thinking through our marketing services and our different clients that we have gathered and what the pricing should be for each of those. And then also what's included in each of those, what are the highest uh, value drivers to keep clients happy and we're still going to mess up and we're still going to make optimizations in our marketing and our packages to, to be better. And in fact, Cody, you're working on that right now with Eva with local SEO. Like we know that we're lacking in a certain field. Uh, yeah. Be honest about your services too. know where you suck. We, we do really well with onsite SEO and, um, uh, I guess local onsite SEO as well as Google ads. Nobody can touch us in Google ads because we have Cody, mm-hmm. but we're, Let's go. we're not amazing in, and we recognize this, we're not amazing in offsite local SEO because we're, yeah. we're, we're a white hat agency. We don't really do anything that's gray hat. We don't do anything that's black hat. We stick to white hat and it's very hard to beat people who are doing gray and black hat stuff. And that's where we that's need good. to get better. How can we white hat this to be better than our gray and black hat competitors? So that was a really good outro, but I actually had two more. If you want, son of a bitch. All right, oh, good. I feel bad because no, it was really it. good. 
I was going to say, don't be afraid to offer discounts if you make mistakes. Read the room, know the, the feeling, and know it. don't hand out money just because you need to hand out money. But if you messed up and you want to show that you're truly sorry, don't be afraid to knock a little off the bill. Back when we were going through hell in late winter, early fall of 2021, we handed out some discounts and people were appreciative uh, at the time. So I was going to throw that out there. Again, don't just do it voluntarily. <laughs> or, I mean, do it voluntarily, but don't do not do it if you don't think that it's going to improve the relationship, right? And then the, the last one, which is actually counter, uh, a little bit counter to everything that we've talked about here, but it's not all criticisms are legitimate. Just because you get one complaint once doesn't mean that you should remake your entire business model or or overhaul your whole service plan. So for example, our reports, I think are one of the best ways, our best reasons to, to bring this up. We've only gotten one. Apart from the, the, the part where you talked about the search queries report, other than that, which we fixed. So we knew that part needed help and revise. We, so we worked on that and we're, we're still working on it actually, but we got it to at least a better place. We had one person who just said, I just don't like your reports. They look generic. They look, you know, um, like every other filler one out there. And I, I don't take criticism great. <laughs> I, I definitely knee jerk. So I, I sat on it for a while and then thought about it. And I was like, Jake, we've never had anybody say that to us. Yeah. Out it of... was wrong. Our reports mm. are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we, so we've never had anybody say that. Um, and it, like the, the, so saying something like that, just they're generic, like, okay, what's generic about it? Give us a little bit more. If you want to say that, that's okay, but give us more feedback. And we didn't, we weren't really able to get uh, 10 more about the specifics. And again, we've never had anybody else say that. So, um, just because one person wasn't happy. So we made adjustments to their report. So just because that happens, sometimes it's okay. Just think about, well, is this really applicable to everybody? Yeah. So usually, like, if you get it more than once, if you get something three times, um, chances are it's like it's almost like dev work. Where if well, if three people have said it, then there's like 300 people that actually feel this way, <laughs> and they've just never voiced it. Yeah, as soon as I get the second person saying the same thing, I'm like, we got a problem. Yeah. No, I like those. Those are good. I had a good outro, but I liked I like that you added those in there. There's things that I forgot to add into our very first episode. And one of the first things I forgot to add was get yourself a bank account. Separate your, your business finances from your from your Oh, jeez. I can't yeah, no. say that, but I'm going to put it that's a, in the description. That's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I've if you known... to episode one and you're still listening now, get a separate bank account. You can, like, type, go to, like, your local credit union or even just, like, a search for best place to set up a business bank account near me and then go to that place and set it up. You don't even need an LLC. Yeah, that's huge. Seriously, yeah. like if you don't do that, you're risking all your money. I didn't. I didn't set one up. Uh, I didn't set an LLC up, but I did set a bank account up immediately before I even collected a paycheck. And then when I did collect a paycheck, I deposited it and I withdrew one dollar, and then I framed out my wall. <laughs> I was like, can I can I get one dollar out of that? <laughs> like, how many? So how many dollars you got hanging up on your wall right now? Uh, you just got, I, is it the two? I just have the two. Yeah, I have the oh. one that my first dollar, which is still framed from when I got it. Then I have the one that you gave me in April of last year. Is it April? You wrote on it. You wrote on mm. it like a little rebel. You yeah, April. <laughs> And you said 10,000 monthly reoccurring gross profit. Those oh, yeah. became a $100,000 company. And then you get a $10 one. I, I give you a $10 one when we hit 100K monthly recurring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to $10 when, you hit it, when we hit a million. Yeah. Well, we're well on our way. No, 100. 100 for, wait, is that what we're going to do it? I guess. Because what happens if we go, if we hit? Yeah, if we hit a million a month, then we should do 100. Because then there isn't a higher dollar. 
value. Well, so then when we hit, does it's is this like computing when we hit what ten mil a month, then we go back to a dollar? Yes. Because we've gone too far. Okay. We go to a penny. <laughs> we just frame a penny. It's, uh, no, it's, it, it's laser engraved. It's because how far we've come since April of last year, like mm-hmm. exponentially. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, but yeah. All right, now we're going to do our outro. Lame outro. Yeah. That was, or do we? Do you have something cool? Because no, I, I have nothing cool to say. Then I'll do it. Then oh, sweet. Because you usually do it. Um, thanks, guys. It's been cool, and we will see you next time.